welcome to the latest podcast from Reach Next Generation. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today my guest is Claire Preston Beer. Claire is Managing Director for the Locals Division within Green King and is also the Executive Sponsor for their women's focused employee-led inclusion group Green Sky. Previously, Claire was Managing Director of Costa Coffee and recently became a non-executive at Empiric Property. Green King are, of course, a big supporter of Reach Next Gen, and we are very grateful for their involvement. Thanks for joining me today, Claire. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Hi, Grace. So, um, hi, everyone. Um, So, look, I have been in the retail and hospitality business for just I think between just over 20 years um, and I started when I left university I joined a graduate training scheme and I started out on a graduate training scheme working for Boots uh, so I was in the retail um, sector and I realized I just loved working with uh, people I loved working in non-office environment I loved working um, where I could talk to customers every day so I just really enjoyed the environment And so I decided I definitely wanted to be um, in businesses where people's at the heart of their success. And um, that took me to decide uh, after five years with Boots, I was quite ambitious and I was not really moving quick enough for my um, goals. So I was looking for a business that was uh, new. It was growing. And I stumbled across a brand called Costa Coffee. And when I joined Costa, it had 300 coffee shops in the UK. It was just a UK business, um, not the business it is today. So Costa is now a global brand and it's got two and a half thousand coffee shops around the world. It's got about 20,000 vending machines. It's a huge brand now. But when I joined, it was um, small, up and coming. And I really wanted to go and work uh, with the team there because I thought it was going to be a really interesting place to learn new things and get a load of new experiences. So I did 15 years at Costa, a long time. And I often get asked, why did you spend such a long time working in Costa? And the truth is that it gave me just so many different opportunities. So I got to run, be an area manager, be a regional manager. I got to be the franchise director and learn about the franchising model there. I got to um, run a big chunk of the international business and travel around the world. So I stayed with Costa a long time because I was just learning loads of new things, which was just brilliant for someone at a relatively early point in their career. So and I and secondly, I love the culture at Costa. It was a brilliant place to work. Um, the people were brilliant people to have fun with. Uh, so that's a really important thing when you're working out where you want to work in your career. The culture, I think, is really important. So um, loved my time with Costa. And then um, Coca-Cola actually bought Costa Coffee. And I decided that um, that was the time for me to go and uh, think uh, of what I wanted to do next and find a new challenge. So um, I was looking for a business to get stuck into. um, And again, I wanted to find a business where culture was really important and where 
the business was looking to do something a little bit different. Uh, and so I then found Green King. So Green King, um, as you guys probably know, um, we are a brewery, but we are predominantly a business that's got two and a half thousand pubs um, across the UK. And our pubs are really special places, particularly for our communities. And um, we're looking to do something quite special with our culture at Green King. So I joined Green King uh, two years ago. And as you gave me in your kind introduction, Grace, I look after the local pubs division. So the community pubs that you'd find across the whole of the UK. Um, and those pubs, our goal is to make those pubs the most accessible, welcoming places for our communities to come and spend time in. So that is why I am now here today talking to you. Um, but hopefully that gives you an understanding of um, how I started out and how I've ended up here today. Now, just quickly, I have to ask, um, do you know if Coca-Cola still owns Costa? Coca-Cola does still own Costa, yeah. Oh. So um, Coca-Cola acquired Costa in the start of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and they wanted to buy the brand because they wanted a coffee brand that they could then, in effect, put into their global network around the world. So, um, yeah, they, they purchased the brand predominantly for its vending business, really, so that they could put the, you've probably seen the Costa Express machines. The technology in those machines is really advanced. And so Coke really wanted it so they could then put it into all the Coke vending machines around the world. So, yeah, Coke still own Costa. Oh, I was quite surprised when you said that because I never thought, uh, say, a coffee company and... Um uh like a fizzy drink so to say company would ever get in partnership but that's quite interesting yeah. now um when you were at school did you perhaps know what you want to do or be or did it happen maybe more later in life so did you have any um subjects or classes that you specifically enjoyed anything that kind of gave you a idea of the path that you wanted to take in the future um I think when I was at school, the one thing I knew was that I liked debating and I liked arguing. So I liked the subjects that actually you had to get to an opinion, you had to, yeah, figure out your position. So probably I think that you can draw a parallel between I definitely enjoyed those subjects and I was good at those subjects. And if I think about what I do a lot in my job now... A lot of what I do in my job now is about questioning, challenging, asking if we got the asking great questions to hopefully make sure we get the right solutions for our businesses. So I think definitely probably there's um there's something there about what I enjoyed at school and what I've ended up using in my professional world. Um and then probably the only other thing I'd say was my dad actually worked in retail and he yes. worked for um uh, Marks and Spencer at the time so I definitely saw up close and personal the retail space and I quite liked that when I saw him come home from work and I could see what he was doing each day so that was definitely in my mind and so I probably deliberately chose subjects that were quite broad and that were quite just gave me sort of broader skills rather than very sort of a bit more focused and a bit more narrow subjects if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So I know that you went to Oxford University, um, but how important do you think actually is to go to university, uh, especially with all of the um, all of the really apprenticeship schemes and graduate schemes that you can find in quite a lot of com companies nowadays? 
Yeah. Um, so I, I think this question is a really interesting question, Grace. I mean, if I look back to my my reasons for going to university and what I got from going to university, um, if I stand back, I think some of the biggest things I got was it taught me some big life skills. So it took it taught me a lot around organising myself, planning to deliver things. Um, particularly, I think uh, I can only talk obviously about um, Oxford. I mean, Oxford's quite renowned for having sort of quite intense periods of study and so it taught me how to organize my life so I could sort of manage that those more intense periods of work and and get the right balance so I think it, it definitely taught me that I think it, it gave me again a big um I guess it built my confidence in lots of life skills so I had to sit and um do tutorials very small groups of people and I had to you know really get my own confidence that I could concentrate focus and you know make my own points in those sorts of smaller groups so I think when I stand back university definitely gave me some really important life skills which I definitely use in my day-to-day world and in my professional world but my but just to build on your question I think you can get those skills through other means. So I think there are some amazing apprenticeship schemes and lots of other ways in which you can gain qualifications whilst building those life skills. Um, And I do think the biggest thing that has changed since I went to university is the cost of education has grown hugely. Um, And so I think if I was now um, 16 or 17, I think I would be thinking quite carefully about investing in a university education versus perhaps working whilst building my skills. So I think that is probably one of the real choices now. There's probably more choices than ever now to think about that as somebody um, going through the education system, perhaps than when I was coming through the system, because there was kind of a university or sort of go more and you know straight into into work perhaps not with as many opportunities to to build your skills so yeah I think I definitely seriously think now about cost versus working but I loved university it gave me some great life skills and I then most importantly also made some fantastic friends who I'm still hugely close to so yeah it was it was a great experience for me definitely so um as part of our recent generation summits we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities. Um, do you think that we're seeing a more open conversation about racial equality since the Black Lives Matter movement started? So I think that, I think I'd answer it in a couple of ways. I think that, I think as a society, I think that there is definitely now a more um, open discussion happening about diversity and about uh, inclusion. And I think the Black Lives Matter uh, moment definitely did play a moment in, I think, um, generating more conversation uh, across society. So I think that is definitely happening. I, I do think, though, there's a couple of other things. I mean, I think that there is definitely... Um, 
different responses for the different generations going on. So if I if I talk about my own children, I've got two kids. They're ten and they're six. My, um, they're both boys. They are growing in a world where I genuinely believe this now. They 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 just see the world as an inclusive place. They don't see really any difference. They don't see difference in the way that perhaps my parents' generation would have been aware of it. So I think that there is definitely a change just by the fact that the way we are bringing um, younger people now into the world and their education and what's around them, that's changing things, which I think is brilliant. Um, so I think that's, that's one big driver of change. I think the other thing is that um, businesses have definitely uh, woken up and have realised that in order for businesses to be um, appealing places for younger people to come work in, businesses also have to be far more responsible about their ESG agenda and their inclusion and their, their impact on society and on communities. So I think that's brilliant. And I think that's been a big change in boardrooms across the whole of the UK in the last couple of years. So I think there's definitely lots of change happening all for the good yes so the world is changing so much and also very quickly um what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years time gosh um i think there's a few bits i'd probably say grace i think that for all of us uh regardless of gender i think we are all going to be able to continue to work. And I think in 10 years, probably in an even more pronounced way, in a hybrid way, in a more flexible way, technology is allowing us to, to do that. And that means that we're able to blur sort of home and work far more closely. And uh, so I can see that in 10 years, you you know, you might spend big chunks of your time you know, um, working internationally, you know, and traveling internationally. And so I think that will definitely continue to evolve. Um, I hope in 10 years time for women, and I think it will happen, that um, the the burden, and I, do, I, and I use that word, I do choose that word, the burden that is currently placed on women around making choices about when to have children and around um, parental leave, maternity leave, you know, I hope that has evolved so it is a burden that is shared um, fairly and equally um, depending on how partners want to have their children. Um, and I believe that the businesses that women will work in, particularly the the leadership teams, will be more equally balanced, which will naturally mean that the environments that women are working in uh, will will be more balanced. And that will impact positively, I think, all of those teams. So I think those are probably what that's probably what I would say. OK, brilliant. So finally, and this is a new question for all of our guests this series, and that is if you could change one thing in the world right now, what do you think it would be? I will say um, the world seems very hectic and perhaps even crazy, if you want to say that. Um, so try and pick one for maybe the top three or the top five. Oh, um, I mean, if you ask me that question around what, what would I 
Uh, right now, the biggest thing I would want... To, ask the question again, Grace. Um, if you could change one thing in change the world right now, what would it be? Um, if I could change one thing in the world right now, I would change the world heating up. So I would focus on climate change because I think we need to stop the uh, the, the, the the trajectory we're on um, around heating up 1.5 degrees. I think it's, you know, I think we should be ruthlessly focused on that at the moment as a society because I think the impact for us is huge. So, um, and I think that then to go a little bit deeper to your question, we are in a um, a period of quite high volatility as a world and as a society, right? And so I think we need um, something that is bigger uh, than some of the individual like country things. And that's why I think the environmental challenge that we have is something that should unite the world. It really should and should bring us together when at the moment there's a lot of division around the world and there's a lot of different, you know, paths that countries are going down. And so I genuinely think that would be the thing I would I would focus on. Brilliant. So I think that's a really good place to leave off on today's podcast. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Claire. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices that they're about to make in their own careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. More details about us and our up-and-coming summits are at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors, Ideal Standard, Barclays, Levi Strauss, Aviva, Green King and Gerald Wen. And a special thank you to Chris Rayer of AES Seal for his generous support too.